Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from October 15th, 1983, taped on October 12th, 1983 at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last, my pleasure to be with you once again, and of course, joining me as he does each and every week. You know him and love him from booking the territory. Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? Doing great, Brian. We have got, dare I say, a loaded episode of Mid-South Wrestling for the people this week. We got some Russian talk from Bill Watts. We got a lot going on with Butch Reed. We got Leaping Lanny Poffo getting away with things you shouldn't get away with. We've got a loaded, loaded episode. It is a very interesting episode in terms of the booking. Again, we are a little less than two months before the arrival of the talent from Memphis, from the Booker Bill Dundee to the Midnight Express, Terry Taylor, Buddy Landell, a real change in the territory that would come over the next several months. But we are a little less than two months before that here. And it is a very interesting show. I guess it's a captivating one hour show, but I think there's a lot of questions about what's going on here. But Let's kick it right off. Cowboy Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and as usual, we have a lot of excitement coming up. You'll see the debut of Leaping Lenny Poffo, who will be here. Russian Nikolai Volkov is on the card. Uh, Battle of the Big Men, Crusher Darso, the outdoorsman from Minnesota, takes on King Kong Bundy. And the Mid-South Tag Team titles, Hacksaw Jim Dugan and Magnum T.A. against Hacksaw Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Neidhart is unusual situation. The man to tell you about it, a man unsurpassed in television commentating, and I mean that. We missed him the past few weeks, Cowboy Bill Watts. Bill. Well, thank you, boy. It's very unusual tonight. I'm glad I'm here, but I think I'm a little confused, and I probably you are too at this point. Last week, a challenge was issued. Hacksaw Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Neidhart said they challenged Hacksaw Dugan and Magnum T.A. to defend their Mid-South tag titles here on TV. Naturally, Grizzly Smith immediately went to work to sign that bout for you fans that support the Mid-South TV network so well. He has that match signed. However, just before airtime today, Hacksaw Reed met with Grizzly Smith about the North American title. He said that the, he is the people's champion and would also defend the North American title here today on TV. To keep Mid-South or anyone else from ever again not giving him the respect he is due or to be able to say he is ducking any certain opponent, he wants the audience to select his opponent from among, among four top contenders, Magnum T.A., Crusher Darso, Hacksaw Dugan, and the Junkyard Dog, a pretty formidable crew. He did state that he would reserve his contractual rights of final acceptance. We reminded him that he was already signed as challenger for the Mid-South Tag title bout here today. He abruptly informed us that he was aware of his contractual commitments probably better than we were as he had studied them very closely. Also that since the North American title holds precedence over the Mid-South Tag title, he would defend the North American title first, then require two bouts in between for recuperation. Then he would do what no one had been able to do ever in the history of wrestling. He would wrestle for the Mid-South Tag title if television time were available. If not, the Mid-South Tag title would be next week. We had the opponent selection just prior to airtime. We'll go to Reeser Bowden in the ring as we let you see who the people right here at the Irish McNeil Boys Club selected to wrestle Hacksaw Butch Reed for the North American title. 
Well, there it is, Mike, the open of the show. And again, a very interesting show, a lot of interesting booking choices here. Butch Reed, although he and Neidhart are going to challenge for the tag titles later in the show, has allowed the fans to choose who he will defend the North American title against here earlier in the show. What do you think of all this? So, something to keep in mind, because we always talk about how Bill Watts does a good job of telling stories, whether it's in the commentary or during these segments like this. Notice, though, and don't fall asleep on it, that he's got all his bases covered, and we'll talk about this more in a little bit. He mentions that, uh, and I can't remember his exact words, even though we just listened to it, you know, Reed will have last say-so, I think, uh, according to his contractual obligations like i think he mentioned something about reed having the last say so regardless of who's picked now he doesn't say regardless of who's picked but he does mention butch reed uh, will have a say so so just keep that point in mind this is interesting you know you're gonna have reed uh, furthermore it's interesting because you're gonna have reed who's you know now supposedly gonna fight two title matches so we'll have one for the north american title he's also gonna go for the tag titles as well uh, Watts mentions he'll have two bouts in between for recuperation, and we'll see what happens, but there's that. Gonna, we're off and running to a good episode, in my opinion. So we go from the desk to Reese or Bowden in the ring, allowing the audience to select who Butch Reed's opponent will be. We're going to play this audio. It is interesting the way it happens, because each guy just walks out to the ring to silence, and then the crowd only reacts when Reeser says their name. It's kind of weird. They don't pop when they see the wrestler come out. They only pop when their name is said. So let's go to this audio. We'll talk about it on the other side. We have a rather unusual situation on this program. Hacksaw Butch Reed will defend his North American heavyweight title, but he has demanded that the audience here today decide who his opponent will be for that contest. And the way we're going to do that is to let the audience pick the contestant by applause. We will bring these people out into the ring one at a time. The audience will register their approval or disapproval by the amount of applause. So let's have the first contestant come on to the ring. And here comes a man that looks like he might just handle the job. At 303 pounds, Crusher Darso. Now let's have the second contestant. Coming out now, a co-holder of the Mid-South Tag Team titles, Magnum T.A. And 282 pounds, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And here comes our fourth man to the ring. 
former North American heavyweight champion, the Junkyard Dog. That's a little bit hard to determine. There's quite a lot of applause for all of these men, but especially for the Junkyard Dog and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Let's do that again between these two men. Hacksaw Duggan. Let's hear it. Or would the audience prefer the Junkyard Dog? That seems pretty obvious to me. Looks like it's the Junkyard Dog. Well, there it is, Mike. The audience seemingly picks the Junkyard Dog. To my earlier point, what did you think of all this? It's done in a really weird way where there's a lot of silence. The crowd just doesn't react, and then they do react when the names are read. What do you think of this segment? Well, there was. it's very strange because the, the, the main thing I said is there's a lot of dead air as they wait for the guys to come to the ring. So instead of, I guess, trying to save time and having all of the guys in the ring already and then you know, start the recording where Reese's out there. They actually walk them out one by one, which eats up, you know, to me, I mean, it, it ate up a lot more TV time. And, you know, if you hear any of these old timers tell you, you know, time minutes on, on a one hour show back then was very, very, you know, it was worth a lot of money. So it felt like they were eating up a lot of time. And I agree with you. It just was really strange to see how they did it in the order they brought them out in um, where we get to select who it's going to be. Even, I even felt, Brian, like and we saw we heard a little bit of cheer when like Dog and Duggan came out. But even then, it wasn't like loud until Reeser called on, you know, the crowd to say who they wanted. Even when I felt like Reeser called on and he's like, all right, well, you know, he went around and, you know, Duggan and he went to, to Dog. They were they still to me weren't as loud as they've been in the past because they did this once before. I can't remember uh, how long ago it was, but they did something like this similarly whether it was months ago or even last year in 82 at one point. So I don't know. It just, it just had a really, really strange vibe to it all. Um, I thought JYD and Duggan's chants were kind of similar as far as who got it, you know, the the loudest, but I guess it was JYD in the long run. So I don't know. We'll see. But this, this, this did have a, it was very, very odd feeling to it when you're, when you're watching it and then taking notes on it. I mean, I didn't think so much of it maybe when I was a kid, but like rewatching it now, you just kind of, you start overanalyzing it, maybe you're like, oh, this is kind of weird the way they did this. But, you know, Watts is calling shots, so who am I to doubt him at this point? Yeah, why not start with the four guys in the ring and just have the people yeah. react to their names? Why have them all walk out in silence? Yeah, it, it almost made me feel like, um, and, and look, I, I've talked to people who were in these tapings back in the day, like that attended, you know, shows. And and I know there was there was one guy I was talking to one time, and he had said that, uh, you know, they would get directions from time, sometimes from like a research or something before, you know, something happened, like not not being tipped off to a big angle about to happen. You know, I don't want to fool you and think, oh, yeah, they knew Duggan was going to be the gorilla or anything and they would react to it. What I mean is like in an instance like this, you know, research came out beforehand and says, all right, everybody stay quiet. Don't make a lot of noise until the guys get in the ring and then we're going to call for you to cheer on them. Like I, I got that feeling. I'm not saying that happened, but that's almost what it felt like when you watch this, would you not knowing the answer, if that's true, and we're just speculating here, would, could you see something like that happening just based on how the people reacted, Brian? Only based on how they reacted. Yeah. Only based on how they reacted. I'm not saying that's a fact or anything. I'm just saying based on how the folks reacted when these four guys walk out, it makes you think 
man, did they tell them stay quiet until they were called upon? That's that that was the feeling that I got while watching this. Well, coming out of all that, we finally hear from the North American champion himself. Here's Cowboy Bill Watts with Hacksaw Butch Reed. Here I'm standing with Hacksaw Butch Reed, the North American champion, who's going to try something that I don't think has ever been done in the history of wrestling. In one television event, he's going to defend the North American title, and then if there's time remaining, he's going to attempt with Jim the Anvil Neidhart to capture the Mid-South Tag Team title. And you've really set a chore for yourself because, as you saw, the people, it was a close vote between Hacksaw Dugan and the Junkyard Dog, but when Reeser Bowden had the tie run off, without a doubt, it was the Junkyard Dog that you're going to wrestle here tonight for the North American title. Your comments. Well, let me tell you, I knew that these people were going to choose the Junkyard Dog, you understand? But I want to tell all you people, I want to tell you, Bill Watts, the Junkyard Dog does not deserve a title shot. I have beat the dog fair and square in the Superdome back in the summer. I have also <laughs> beat the dog in them so-called stipulated matches that he made famous. I beat him at his own game. And furthermore, to drop down as low as he has done a couple of weeks back when he come out here, and sucker punched me, he stole on me right here on national TV and caused me to lose a match with that old hairy hippie, Jim Duggan. Now, another thing, let me tell you about Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan doesn't deserve a title match either. I beat him in every battle of the hacksaw match across Louisiana, Mississippi, and the state of Texas. <laughs> and far as Crusher Darso goes, He's too green to step in the ring with Butch Reed. He hasn't got enough hours in the gym or in the wrestling ring. So that excludes him. And another thing, Bill Watts, I told you before any contract or anything went Wait down. just a minute. Wait just a minute. You mean you're eliminating these three people? You haven't said anything about Magnum T.A. Are you going to eliminate him also? No, I'm eliminating three. And that leaves, I just named the three that I have eliminated. And that leaves Magnum T.A. Now, wait a minute. Let me make sure I understand this. You came to Grizzly Smith. You said for the people to pick you an opponent. They have picked the junkyard dog. You're eliminating the dog, Dugan, and Darso, and you're selecting Magnum T.A. You just beat Magnum T.A. right here on TV a couple of weeks ago. That's not the agreement. The agreement was you'd wrestle who they picked. He is the only formidable opponent that I have with any credentials in the wrestling ring to face me now. What kind of contractual basis is that? The contractual rights is right here, Bill Watts, in black and white, that I get the last say-so in my match that I have. And I chose for myself Magnum T.A. And Bill Watts, if you or Miss South don't like it, then there will be no title match. So while I go back here and warm up and get ready for you and Miss South to make a decision, <laughs> Come let me know or there won't be a match. Well, I've got to apologize. Apparently, this has been a platform for Hacksaw Butch Reed. 
to show just exactly what kind of respect he demands as the champion. He's made it a forum to once again degrade the junkyard dog, Hacksaw Dugan, and now he's added Crusher Darso. And I guess it's right on Grizzly Smith as to whether or not we have a North American title match. It'll apparently be with Magnum TA. I'm sure during the commercial break, Grizzly Smith will be trying to sort it all out. We'll be back after these messages from Mid-South. Well, there it is, Mike. Hacksaw Butch Reed telling Bill Watts that despite the fans choosing the Junkyard Dog, despite Hacksaw Duggan coming in second in the fan response, despite Crusher Darso being in there, he's going to wrestle Magnum TA, who he defeated on TV a few weeks back. Wrapping this whole segment up, I mean, this is the first 10 minutes of the show covering all this. What are your thoughts on Butch Reed's promo? You know, that's a good question, Brian. What do I think about Reed's promo? Because Reed was... He was really discombobulated here, if you're going to be honest with yourself when you listen to that. And I thought Bill Watts did a great job of helping him clarify what Reed was trying to communicate to us here. In a nutshell, Reed basically did the old Hulk Hogan, that's not going to work for me, brother, as it pertains to JYD getting a match with him today or even Duggan or Darso. So Reed basically pulled creative control. Again, it was in his contract, though. So, you know, say what you will about that. And I'll point back to at the opening of the show when Watts referenced, I, again, I forget the exact words, but Watts referenced how, you know, Reed would have say-so. So Reed just basically said, well, I have say-so, and I've already beaten Magnum TA, so I'm going to wrestle Magnum TA. He's basically thinking, you know, I got the easy way out. And then we're going to hear more from Watts on that situation shortly. So I actually thought Butch Reed was not the greatest here a little discombobulated with the, the message he was trying to get across. However, Watts did a good job of very much clarifying what story needed to be told. So I thought, I thought Watts was exceptional here. This whole thing is discombobulated, but we'll hear more about that in a moment. We go to our first match, a tag team match, Art Cruz and Tom Stanton versus King Cobra, who we haven't seen in a long time, and George Weingroff, Rick Ferreira, the referee, King Cobra appears to be wearing the Freebirds tights from 1980 or so. But during this match, we hear from Bill Watts about this whole Reed situation. Let's go to this audio, but this will show you how discombobulated it is. It takes Bill Watts a few minutes to explain exactly what the hell's going on here. I guess I'm not concentrating on it right now. I'm just still a little bit upset and stunned by once again being made... Uh the platform for Hacksaw Butch Reed to use as kind of a macabre sense of humor type situation where he invited the people to make his opponent when they showed you they wanted unanimously. He has rescinded and he has fallen back on his contractual rights of final acceptance, which I recall he did state that. And uh, he remind, we, even when we reminded him he'd already signed a challenge for the Mid-South Tag Title, he abruptly had informed us he's aware of his contractual commitments, probably better than we were. And I guess uh, that's exactly what he had in mind. Uh, I think we have to get by a little bit what he's done and now start looking at why. You know, I guess maybe I've been around this business just too long, Boyd, where I often wonder why people react the way they are. I'm not so much shocked at what they do. I'm just trying to see what their next move is. This, this is like a physical form of chess. And if he wants Magnum TA, if you look on down the card... Dugan and T.A. are the Mid-South Tag Team Champions. And certainly we know how rugged Dugan is and 
Magnum T.A. is a great young athlete who has really been a loyal, good partner to Hacksaw Jim Dugan. But I think Reed, who's wrestled T.A. in single matches before, knows he can dominate T.A. He might be hoping to get him out here in this North American title match to injure him, therefore making the team weaker for the Mid-South Tag title match. Uh, that's the only thing I can see for him to go to some sort of elaborate scheme to insult the dog and Dugan. I think he wants to blow that, that, that smoke screen up there and uh, make everybody miss the actual purpose. I know Grizzly Smith during the commercial break had called for Major Orville Richards, the Deputy Commissioner of the Louisiana State Athletic Commission, and they're in a huddle right now. And Grizzly's upset about the situation, but Reed is within his contractual rights, and he has said if it's not Magnum T.A., there won't be a North American title match. Well, that's up to T.A. and Dugan to get together and say, hey, do I go wrestle the guy, or do I back down, and, uh, and, and, and we just wait for the tag title bout? I don't know, and of course, I'm sure Magnum T.A. realizes it only takes three seconds to hit the jackpot, and if he can, with that belly-to-belly suplex he's got, he's so quick with it, if he can put Reed down, and Reed may be tremendously overconfident about Magnum T.A., T.A. could win the North American title, so that we're just going to have to wait and see, and we won't know till after this bout. King Cobra and George Weingroff, fine young team, Tom Stanton and Art Cruz, well-matched team. Well, there it is, Bill Watts explaining or trying to explain everything that's going on and there's a lot. I mean, it really is a lot to try to figure out what's going on. The booking, like I said, is really weird on this episode, Mike. Yeah, it's it's weird. Look, I, I know I said Bill Watts referenced Reed's contract and saying, you know, Reed has the right to refusal and he can wrestle who he wants. Like, so that I, I don't want to say that makes sense, but at least give Bill Watts credit for answering or stating why it, Reed is allowed to do this. However, you know, Brian, I think we're honest with things a lot of times, and we we like to try our best to call it like we see it. And when we see something that doesn't feel right, we we say it. Uh, if that's the case, wouldn't Reed just never fight the top challenger? I mean, that would make much sense to me. He'd be like, I'm not going to fight such and such because he's going to have a chance to beat me. So I just want you to feed me guys like King Cobra and George Weingroff and I can stay champion forever. Like, that's, to me, the hole in this all the way around. So Watts is talking his way or talking the crowd through or talking us in the audience on why it is what it is. I didn't say it made a whole lot of sense. I just said he's trying to talk us into what's about to happen. So there's that. But I agree. It's it's discombobulated. But give him credit for at least sticking to his story, I guess, is the words I'm looking for. King Cobra and George Weingroff win when Weingroff rolls up Tom Stanton. And then we get our next match. The match for the North American Championship. Butch Reed versus, well, we'll find out right now. Let's go to this audio. This is a North American heavyweight title bout. This event is for one fall or remaining television time. In the red corner at 260 pounds from Kansas City, Missouri, the North American heavyweight champion, Hacksaw Butch Reed. Well, you heard the interview earlier with Hacksaw Butch Reed and Cowboy Bill Watts. So I guess we'll just have to wait now and see if Magnum TA is going to come out and answer that challenge. We don't know. We'll just have to see. It'll be no match. He'll come out and it'll be no match. I know my contractual rights. 
And here he comes at 238 pounds from Virginia Beach, Virginia, Magnum T.A. Well, as the introduction of the match, Hacksaw Butch Reed and as Johnny Martinez holding the belt as the official referee of the challenger, Magnum Oh, look at this. Look at this, well. Grizzly Smith, and look at the junkyard dog dressed like a zebra. Oh, I knew Grizzly was in a deep conversation with Major Orville Richards, the Louisiana State Athletic Commission deputy here. That's all Butch Reed pulled just one too many shenanigans. Reed was out a while ago, then he tried to back out on it. You heard that Grizzly Smith was leaning over our shoulder here at the desk, and he explained that Orville Richards, the Louisiana State Athletic Commissioner, has sanctioned the junkyard dog as a special referee. It's official. It's official. The junkyard dog called for the bell, referee in this North American heavyweight title bout. It's official. You know, I think turnabout is fair play. I love it. You know, I think Grizzly was just as fed up as I was and everybody here. And Magnum T.A. with fair officiating has a chance. I still think Reed is such a physically dominating athlete that I think although Magnum is a tremendous youngster and he's got a lot of ability for the future, I don't think he can even, with a fair chance, I don't think he can beat Reed for that title. But it's sure going to make Reed nervous when he has to look over his shoulder and the man in there keeping law and order is the most able man in the land, the junkyard dog. That, that referee shirt doesn't even fit him, Boyd Pierce. <laughs> He's got a pair of black sweatpants on, and that referee shirt, you can see, is nowhere near big enough to fit the dog. It's busting out the seam. Well, there it is, Mike Junkyard Dog, the surprise referee for Magnum T.A. versus Butch Reed, and Bill Watts has to point out that the referee shirt doesn't even fit him. What did you think about all this and the way it was taken care of here? I, I had the same note. Uh, I couldn't tell if that's Watts trying to insult the dog or give him some kudos for looking jacked. I, I want to lean towards he's making fun of his gut when he's saying he's uh, busting out of the seams of that thing. As far as how it was done, let's see. Well, um, you know, I guess there's I got some thoughts on this match as we get into it, because. Good God, JYD flops around a little bit too much as far as taking bumps. But I, I guess to go along with the story they're telling, it's done well. You know, they commission the dog as an actual referee, which which is a thing. I mean, you when you when you get licensed in the state of Louisiana to be a wrestler, uh, you get licensed as a wrestler, you get licensed as a referee, you get licensed as a promoter. At least it used to be like that. I'm going to assume it's still the same way. I don't know if any of the laws have changed there, but. So, I mean, there was some validity and some truth to, okay, well, we got to get him licensed as a referee so that he can ref this match. So I did I did like that. Um, I don't know if the average fan would realize that or they just go along with the story. I don't remember this exact when I was a kid, but, you know, it is what it is. I thought it was done fine, you know, because you take something from the fans when you, when you say, okay, Reed pulled basically creative control because it's in his contract and says, 
I don't want to wrestle dog. I'll wrestle TA. I already beat him. Okay. So the fans are kind of disappointed. But what you do to lift them back up is, well, the person that Reed was supposed to wrestle, now you make him the special referee. And now all of a sudden, while Reed doesn't have to wrestle TA, at least as fans, we think, okay, well, the shenanigans that we'll see where a guy like Alfred Neely's flopping all over the ring, even though dog's about to flop all over the ring, you know, shouldn't take place the way it does. But we'll see how all that goes down shortly. So I thought from the point of view of, you know, surprising the fans and picking up the fans, you do pick the fans up when you bring in JYD as a special referee after what Reed pulled. You bring up JYD flopping around the ring as referee. Let's go to the finish of this match. Interesting booking here. We'll talk about it on the other side, but here's Cowboy Bill Watts calling the action. I'm telling you, I refereed a few matches in my career, and it's a lonely position. It's not fun at all, and naturally, they don't make the big main event money, so you don't see a guy that has the ability to be a main eventer being a referee. There he goes. Look at that straight press. He just powers up and presses Magnum TA. Just flat pressed him right up there. This is such tremendous power. Oh, Reed. Magnum powered out. Reed, get on him. Reed is going for that fall. Magnum powered out. Reed's on top of Dog. A dog going to be smoking when he comes up. Magnum and Reed. Oh, again, Reed. Reed powers out. It's really tit for tat. Dog sees just how hard it is to be a referee out there. I think sometimes Dog and these guys get a little upset about the referees getting away. They see it's just impossible in a ring that's 20 by 20, crowded with 260, 270 pound men. Reed going to the top to come off on TA. Dog saying, no, don't come off. It's an automatic DQ. The dog sacrificed. The dog sacrificed. The dog sacrificed himself for Magnum TA, and Reed just came on off. He was intentionally going for the injury on Magnum TA to hurt him for that later tag bout. But he powered off on the dog. Now he power slams Magnum TA. Again, Reed didn't care about getting disqualified. He's out there to injure Magnum TA. So even the dog, if the dog disqualifies, but now the dog is hurt. <laughs> dog hit him. Dog hit. Dog hit Butch Reed. Look at dog. Dog just popped Butch Reed. And listen to the howl, Bill. Dog just popped Butch Reed. Whoa! Better defense. Dog counted it. Got him. He got him, and the referee junkyard dog called for the bell. There's the bell. A new champion. A new North American champion, Boyd Pierce. Referee junkyard dog hands the belt and raises the hand to the winner and new North American heavyweight title holder, Magnum T.A. We'll be back. We have time remaining. We have a lot of exciting action to follow after this work from Mid-Southwest. Well, there it is. Seemingly, Magnum T.A., the new North American champion, pinning Hacksaw Butch Reed after a belly-to-belly after the junkyard dog punched him in the face when he tried to dive off the top rope for a second time. I don't know if I've ever seen a referee sell the way JYD does <laughs> during this match. He just rolls around on the ground. He just <laughs> he just goes down and lays there, and he sells everything more than an Alfred Neely would. Mike, what do you think of the ending of this match and the junkyard dog is the guest referee? I mean, first off, everybody knows I love the dog. I mean, he he was my guy as a kid. I 
I got to point that out before I point out the negatives here. The negatives. You just nailed it. Dog gets, while he's making the count the first couple of times, I wouldn't call them bumps, but uh, one time, you know, Magnum presses um, Reed off of him when Reed goes for the pin. Reed lands on Dog, and Dog's rolling around selling. The next time, Magnum presses Reed off of him. Reed lands on Dog. Dog's selling. They come back up. They go for another maneuver. Reed, Reed or Magnum, I don't know if it was Magnum, flies into the dog. Dog takes another bump. So we're at three times here inside of 30 seconds. Reed goes to the top rope. Dog protects Magnum. He gets hit by Reed's move, even though Dog should have called for a DQ at that point because Reed's coming off the top rope. But we'll let that one slide, okay? So, <laughs> so say what you said there. Then uh, Reed goes up to the top rope again. Dog recovers and punches Reed as he's coming off the top rope. Counts to one, two, three. Magnum hits the belly to belly. Dog took more bumps than Alfred Neely ever takes in this match. By the way, Brian, not to bring up old people here, but I swear Hank's in the front row of the left side of the ring onto the right side. He doesn't have a cowboy hat on. I just wanted to point that out. I think it's Hank. I'm almost certain it is. Um, Dog's howling when he punches Reed. Magnum makes the pin. I, I, if we're going to be honest, there's a lot of holes in the booking, and you said something as you were wrapping things up there. Magnum TA is seemingly the North American champion. I think that was a great choice of words, Brian. Seemingly the North American champion. No spoilers, but he is seemingly the champion at this point. We will see how this plays out. The next match on the show, Nikolai Volkov versus Mike Reed. Randy Pee-wee Anderson, the referee. Let's hear some audio from Cowboy Bill Watts about Russia. Well, Mike Reed, since the last time we've seen him on Mid-South, has added quite a few pounds to his body by hard work in the gym. But he is against an awesome machine. He's against a machine, a powerful man, a man who, when he was 17 years old, did a 600-pound, one-armed deadlift. A man from a country that you all know You've seen in recent months just how unscrupulous and heartless they are. And people in the Western world seem shocked about it. They shouldn't be shocked. There's things, that, statements they make that maybe would shock you. You've got to realize it's a communist country. That's an atheist country. They do not fear God. They believe in communism. I heard Nikolai Volkov say it's better to be a boss in hell than a stooge in heaven. And that's exactly the way they feel. They do not respect anything. I'll guarantee you, I'd trade anything to be the lowest servant in heaven rather than the highest officer in that other place. But Nikolai Volkov comes from a place that has torn religion down, torn down everything, and rebuilt it. They believe in the motherland. They believe in the state. And when we think that they are going to have any opinion or any care, they're not. They're out there in the same race to win it all. He says that the United States didn't even have the courage to show up for the Moscow Olympics. The greatest Olympics where the Russians took more combined medals than all the rest of the countries. And he's here to bring it right in our own backyard and shove in our face and rub our face in it. Well, there it is, Mike. It's been a while since we've heard from geopolitical Bill Watts, but it's always nice to hear his worldviews. This is going to be a theme, just so you know, for the next few weeks, if my memory is correct, with Volkov and the stuff Volkov will be involved in. Well, not necessarily would he be involved in, but just the matches that Volkov will have. He, he Bill Watts is not going to shut up about Russia for a while. There's there's going to be 
there's going to be a ton of stuff where he's just rushing nonstop. It just gets to the point where it's like, good God, we get the point, Bill. <laughs> and, you know, we got to go back to the time frame we're in here. This is October 1983, you know, Cold War. It's it, you, you understand why he's uh, continually harping on it here and driving his point home about the Russians. But, yes, geopolitical Bill Watts. Uh, it should be a character on a 605, not just. It just hit me when you said it. We should have geopolitical Bill Watts. That would be some great comedy, I think. But yeah, he's going to go off. This is this is going to be nothing. This will be nothing new um, with, with Volkov. That's for damn sure. Geopolitical Bill Watts, also known as Bill Watts. But Nikolai <laughs> Volkov wins with his backbreaker. We get our next match. The debut of Leaping Lanny Poffo versus Doug Vines. So he debuts against a ICW veteran. These guys have worked together many times in the past. Rick Ferreira, the referee. During this match, Bill Watts announces that Channel 4 in Beaumont, Texas is the latest station to carry Mid-South Wrestling. And also, the Superdome show will be Saturday, November 19th, before Thanksgiving, due to LSU versus Tulane in the Superdome, which will be airing on TBS. But at the end of this match, Lanny Poffo goes for a move that would be commonly known as the moonsault in later years. Of course, Mid-South Wrestling bans moves off the top rope. Let's hear the Cowboy explain this. Lanny Poffo, highly heralded from the Poffo family. I knew his father, his brother, Lanny, a tremendously agility... This move right there, his patented backflip, is not illegal because he's not jumping on his opponent. He's doing a backflip. And the tremendous maneuver is a victory to Leaping Lanny Poffo in his first appearance. We still have time remaining, so we'll see the Mid-South Tag Team title match coming up right after these words. Well, there it is, Lanny Poffo winning with his version of the moonsault. But, Mike, Bill Watts, his explanation for why this is allowed, what do you think of that? It's just the height of hypocrisy. We've talked about this. I mean, when uh, Mil Moscaris comes in and it, he's not jumping, he's leaping off the top rope onto his opponent. Well, what the hell does that mean, Bill? I, I've said that then, and I'm going to say it again now. It's uh, it's amazing how he just conveniently, you know, Bill Watts conveniently says, because it's convenient for him at this moment, it's not illegal because Papa is not jumping on his opponent, he's just doing a backflip. Well, in order for him to backflip, Bill, he's got to jump off that top rope backwards. It is so hypocritical. And again, it's just, it, this has been, look, we call it like it is. Everything wasn't airtight, brother. They make it up as they go sometimes, if we're going to be real. Now, I'm having a little fun with Bill Watts here and, and Leaping Lanny. I did want to say something, Brian about uh, that LSU-Tulane comment. Uh, I can't remember if we've talked about this on this show before. I know I've talked about it before uh, on BTT. I just, uh, you know, you and I record so many hours of audio, I forget where I say things. But that was, you know, LSU-Tulane used to be a real big deal. Now, LSU was, has dominated that series uh, generally, but LSU-Tulane was a very big deal. So I know people would sit there and go, LSU-Tulane, you know, they're bumping Mid-South Wrestling during this time. Well, uh, it, it, that, that was a big game for, for many, many years. Um, even though LSU did dominate that series traditionally. So uh, just to point that out, if anybody's wondering why that would be a big deal, why that would bump, you know, wrestling. So anyway, just wanted to point that out as Bill Watts uh, goes all hypocritical this time. I mean, that's another character, Brian, 605 Super Podcast. 
hypocritical Bill Watts. I mean, because he he can be a hypocrite at times. Well, coming out of that, <laughs> we go to our next match. The tag titles on the line. Hacksaw dug into Magnum TA, the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, versus Hacksaw Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Johnny Martinez, the referee. A back-and-forth match. Any comments on the match before we hear audio of the finish, Mike? Watts was really kind of quiet at the opening of the match and a few points throughout. You know, for a title match, I, I really felt like you could tell he had told the story he wanted to tell earlier in the episode with everything with T.A. and Reed, and he was just waiting for the finish to get going. Like, I really, I, I listened to this, I'm like, it's like he was just waiting. It's like he said everything he had to say throughout this episode, and now I'm just waiting for the guys to, to work towards a finish. So I really thought that was that was kind of interesting, uh, just to say the least. I mean, did, can, Brian, did you catch the – did you feel that same way about how quiet they were early, like throughout the match early on? Absolutely. That's why I didn't pull any yeah. audio. Yeah, they were very – it just it – was, it was very weird. Like him and Boyd were just sitting there and – just there was nothing dead air for a lot of it so very very strange uh the early going you know even midway through well let's hear the closing minutes of this tag team title match right now Butch Reed now after magnum ta they're trying to keep ta from getting that corner they're both doubling up on ta trying to wear him down and keep dugan out of there that's a smart strategy i'm sure reed's pretty desperate right now ta going for the tag Neidhart coming in. The tag was made then. The tag was made, but the referee's back was turned. The referee's back was turned, and he did not see it. He's telling Dugan to get out. Dugan's up. that double slam. And Dugan says, enough's enough, and he comes to battle. And they're all four going at it. All four going at it. The referee trying to break him up. Neidhart has just thrown Magnum T.A. over the top rope, but the referee was over trying to break up Dugan. And Reed and Dugan is not legally in the ring. We saw the tag, but the referee didn't call it. The legal men are now still Reed and Magnum TA, but Dugan is out there doing some illegal whipping. Oh, spear and a slingshot. Two big projectiles. Met just like two ICBMs making a collision course out there. Hacksaw Dugan. Now, Neidhart. Neidhart's got Dugan up. Neidhart drops him with that devastating move out of a fireman's carry position. Now Neidhart catches Magnum T.A. coming out. Now Neidhart goes to polish off T.A. Dugan spears him. Dugan speared Neidhart. Dugan speared Neidhart. T.A.'s down. Reed setting up. Reed setting up for that slingshot. T.A. Oh, Reed leveling with that slingshot. One, two, three. One, two, three. You got new Mid-South Tag Team Champions, Boyd. I tell you, I've been around pro wrestling a long time, and so have you, and I have never, I have never seen anything like transpired here today. Exactly. I second that motion, Bill. Neither have I. Now we have the new Mid-South Tag Team title holders, Hacksaw Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. We'll be back with more action after this work. Well, there it is. New Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Hacksaw Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. A lot going on on this episode. You know, it's very, shouldn't even say very, but it's somewhat reminiscent of the episode in 1986 of the UWF where 
the heavyweight championship, the tag team championships, and the TV championship all changed hands on the same show. There's a lot going on on this one hour episode here, Mike. Yeah, there's a, I wasn't going to really compare it to 85 with Murdoch and DiBiase and Flair and all that. Cause to me, that's like one of the best episodes in the history of wrestling. But there, what I was going to say was there was a lot going on on that episode. And, you know, we'll get to that in a couple of years. Uh, this episode was similar in that respect. So I agree with you there as you make the 86 comparison. Uh, there, there is a ton going on here. And, you know, I made the point before you played the audio about how quiet Watts was. And what made me really think he was just waiting for them to get to the finish that you just played is because he wasn't saying anything. But once they got to the finish, he's going off. Like, it's just one thing after another. He even made a reference about a uh, ICBM, an intercontinental ballistic missile. You know, you can tell Watts is up on his geopolitical stuff just from that comment, in my opinion, when he uh, was talking about one of the spears. But, you know, that thing turned into a four-way and got real exciting. You know, Magnum, he gets thrown over the top rope, but of course the ref, the ref you know, didn't see it. And then, you know, so T.A. and Reed are the legal men, but Neidhart and Duggan are the ones in the ring. So Neidhart hits Duggan with the Samoan drop, and then Neidhart is about to hit T.A. with the finisher, and Duggan spears Neidhart, taking Neidhart out, enrolls in Reed, who's the legal man, and Reed hits T.A. with that flying shoulder tackle. We got new Mid-South Tag Team Champions. It really was, you got to go watch it. I thought it was for a, uh, for a lot going on with the finish. Uh, if you got the network, go watch it. It's, it's pretty darn good how they pulled it off because there was a lot of moving parts, but nothing seemed uh, discombobulated at all. It was a, I, I thought it was a good finish. So kind of a weird episode at times with the uh, Reed North American title situation, but I, I'd say overall a good tag team title match where we now see uh, new tag team champions. We then get our final match. King Kong Bundy, kind of a forgotten man lately in Mid-South Wrestling, versus Crusher Darso, Randy Pee-wee Anderson, the referee. The only notes I have here, Mike, are that Darso body slams Bundy, which gets a nice reaction from the fans, and also that there's no finish, TV time runs out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the match started with like less than two minutes ago in TV time, and Watts kind of just re reiterated what had happened during the, during the day that day. Hey, Brian, is this, um, you know, I, I'm not good with timelines and whatnot. I know you are. Is this after, you know, Bundy uh, dumbed himself out and that whole, you, you know, the the thing Cornette does when he imitates Ernie Ladd? I he, think so. I think so. Okay, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, I started thinking about it. I was like, I think this is this is, this has to be after that situation. So anyway, uh, yeah, nothing much here. I mean, it's it, they, there's no resolution. They started it, like I said, with they had less than two minutes to go. Well, with that, we wrap up another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. Want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts or on Facebook, facebook.com slash ArcadianVanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com, available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Come give us a listen at tinyurl.com slash bttpod. Uh, that's where you can hear all of our shows. Our NW, We're in the middle of NWA Saturday night in 1989, so we're about the middle of the year at this point. Uh, working towards the end of the year, I should say. 
And, uh, you know, we, you and I, Brian, we talked uh, last couple of episodes. I said, hey, you know, we're, we're in the midst of the Steiners and all the stuff going on with them. And, you know, they're a relative new tag team, but you can see it from the beginning how great they are. And we're doing that. So we're in 1989. But you can listen to all of our back episodes as well at tinyurl.com slash pod or search Book in the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. We're the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason. The jokes are terrible. It's not politically correct, but we have a lot of fun talking old school classic wrestling we do saturday night but we'll talk other wrestling topics as well from the past also you can give me a follow on twitter at mike 504 saints when i have time i'll post clips of the shows that brian and i discuss here such as the one like with leaping lanny Poffo leaping backwards and doing a backflip but that's legal because he didn't jump onto his opponent right bill watts anyway follow me at mike 504 saints this was another fun show, Brian. A lot of stuff happening, to be frank. Um, but in the end, I was entertained, even with the stuff I probably complained about a little bit too much. Well, until next time, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Your producer is Jace Nakarado. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho!